0: welcome to talk employment to me by klc the pod where common sense meets useful advice another week and another episode i'm your host stephanie berry together with chris sacco and jared sacco join us for new episodes every friday at 3 p.m so sit back listen and let's get started welcome everybody happy friday and welcome back to talk employment to me by KLC. I did say last week that we would have a special guest joining us. I have got Jared here. He's not the special guest. Hi, Jared. Welcome back. Thanks for coming. I Hello, thought after thanks. Last Great week, to be maybe back. you wouldn't show up this week, but you did. So good on you, Gold Star.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm contracted, so I don't but think But our very
0: awesome. special guest is Steph Namura, who to us is Steph N in the office because we have one, two, three steps. Three steps the charm i think really steph welcome to talk employment to me thank you i'm very excited we're excited to have you here chris is sunning herself in queensland this week so we decided to bring in the big guns and steph got the call up so we're very excited no pressure (laughs) steph (laughs) <laughs> I'll do my best of feeling. <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world. So this week, Steph, given that you, out of the three of us here, you're probably most relevant to comment on the topic because you're on the tools. Jared and I don't spend as much time on the tools, talking to candidates, getting a feel of the market as we once did. But I thought it might be a little bit of fun to pick your brain. Steph has been with KLC for a couple of months now and is relatively new to the recruitment game and so I thought it would be interesting to kind of get your overview and synopsis of you know what makes a good candidate what you've learned in the very in the journey so far Mm -hmm. what's surprising you about people but maybe before we do that Steph give us a little bit of a a wrap up or wrap around of who you are and what you've been doing with yourself
2: yeah sure so yeah I've been here for a couple of months now after a career change into recruitment which is very exciting um but I used to be a performer so I went to uni studied performing arts and then the day after I graduated from performing arts school I got a role working in Japan for Disney so I ended up staying there for almost 12 years working in Japan
0: which was really fun being a you know princess. Disney princess you you guys can't say steph because this is a podcast but she is literally the epitome of a disney princess some days i think there might be little birds that will just follow her into the office stepping around her head
2: <laughs> it's a really weird thing to say like now coming back it's yeah
0: um, i think it's yeah, cool it's like i think it's cool i think it's one of those things you could throw out at a dinner party or what is it three two truths and a lie whatever that game is and if you put Disney princess on there people are gonna be like no way
2: (laughs) yeah I mean like it it was fun I loved it absolutely loved it but now that I'm back in Australia I was ready for a career change and I I mean I think the joke is that everyone just falls into recruitment Mm
0: -hmm. is what I've heard
2: and um that's essentially what happened I got I mean, I know my brother-in-law is in recruitment and he loves it, spoke really highly of it. And um, I got interested in it that way. And then the KLC job kind of came around and it was just meant to be. It was one of those great experiences with a job where, I mean, I walked in and had an interview here and we sat for an hour and a half. Talking and I walked out saying, I don't I didn't know job interviews were supposed to go like that. Like it just felt really
0: good. So people who listen to the podcast, they won't be surprised that I was in that interview and that's probably why it went for an hour and a half because I don't know when to stop talking. <laughs> that's what Jared tells me anyway, Steph.
2: <laughs> no, but it was great. It felt meant to be and it, it it felt like a you know, as somebody who's now working in recruitment and and, and running those interviews to know what a good interview feels really feels like and what it feels like to feel um you know supported and welcomed in your interview which is hopefully what as recruiters you're going to make all your candidates feel it was kind of a a perfect introduction for me so yeah and now i'm here we paid steph a
0: lot to say that in the pod today thanks steph (laughs) (laughs) so i suppose given the fact that you are new to klc relatively new to the industry What have you, because you are talking to and dealing with high volumes of people with candidates every day, so you're getting to see the good, the bad, the weird, the wacky, the often interesting, (laughs) and that's part of what we love about our job because we get to deal with people and people are the X factor. But what in your time so far have you come across that you would say to people, here are some tips of what not to do? in terms of how to represent yourself as a candidate? Yeah,
2: for sure. I mean, the first thing is your resume. That's the first thing we come across. And mm-hmm. like you said, we're looking at so many a day and you really end up only looking at a lot of them for a few seconds and yep. you know that if they're going to job brief or not. So um, one of the biggest things I think is, you know, your resume has to be on point. Basic details, <laughs> spell your name right. It sounds stupid. No. <laughs> but you got to have your name, if your name is right, have your email address, the right phone number. Just earlier today, somebody had a phone number with way too many numbers in it.
0: Like don't make <laughs> life more complicated for us than it needs to be because you're right, especially for roles and Jared, we'll let you get a word in at some point, I promise, Um, (laughs) especially for roles where there are a high volume of applicants, you want to be the applicant that stands out. You don't want to be the applicant we can't get in contact with because, you know, next, moving on, um, if there's another suitable applicant, you might do yourself a disservice. Completely, completely. So it's just the most
2: basic details like that, but also format, that resume clearly um, you know have each each job your each title basic duties and responsibilities on there Mm -hmm. Um, leave off any personal information we don't need to know if you're single or married or um, you know how many kids you have it's it sounds sweet but it's at the end of the day gonna be irrelevant we just need that really important information front and center of your resume Um, so, you know, we can see it, click on it. Okay, this person looks great. On to the next step. Let's give them a call. That's probably the, the first big
0: tip. So, um, cone of silence, and we'll pretend it's just the three of us gal pals here. Darren, um, how long are you spending on a resume when you look at it? Honestly.
1: Yeah, anywhere from 10 seconds to 30 seconds, probably 30 seconds maximum, before knowing whether or not it's, it's worth um, looking into. And, and, and I guess... For ones that I know I'm not going to look any further into. It is really that five, mm. ten seconds before Steph, you know the person's not Again, be right.
0: spirit of honesty, what's the first thing you look for when you're skimming a resume? And it is skimming. We don't read in depth in 30 seconds. What's the first thing you look for? Ooh,
2: it depends on the job. It could be qualifications. That might be one thing that I go straight mm-hmm. to. Um, it could be when you last worked. And if it's been a while since you've last worked, you know, having just uh, one short sentence in there of, you know, took a break, annual leave, maternity leave, something like that to explain if there is a, a gap in your resume. Those are probably the first mm-hmm. few things that I'll be looking at. Yeah. Mm.
0: I think I'm a bit the same. I think it depends on the job. But mm-hmm. like if you need specific qualifications for a role, that's where my eye's going first.
2: Yeah. And with, I mean,
0: if you have the time, it really pays to tailor
2: your resume. So. Mm-hmm. You know depending on what the role is what you're looking for if you go through job ads and pick out a few keywords you know it can really make or break whether you do get a call concerning that job if you have in some of your duties and responsibilities of your you know last role something that that lines up with the role you're applying for that really could help you to get that call Mm -hmm. call. or even if you have a job title currently or in the past that's it could be quite vague or it could not maybe it doesn't necessarily reflect Mm. the actual job description that you have maybe you just you know bland out or um you know give change your job title
0: to something that maybe is a little bit more of an accurate reflection of what you actually do yeah didn't you and this is a very specific example but steph didn't you have someone that worked for a specific a uh, f- fast food company, yeah. and they called their staff a certain name. So, I think it, was it was it Nando's?
2: It's Nando's? And what? Did and they- I've seen another one.
0: I saw another one the other day. They called them. I think they're called Nandokas. Nandokas, which is I think it's super cute. Super cute. Culturally, internally, I think that's great. But here's a tip: in the real world, that means diddly squat. So if you are no. a, if you're a cook. For Nando's, if you are front of house, if you are both, maybe use that Customer service. Customer service. Yeah. But but popping Nando's. Subway sandwich artist is the same. Yeah. Like a sandwich artist is. (laughs) Again, great buzzwords, Subway have made a killing out of all of that. But when you are looking for a like for like job, you're gonna struggle because Mm -hmm. the title of your role is not reflective of what you've actually done. So I think that's a great, that's a great tip Steph. That's why you're here (laughs) to share the the (laughs) nuggets of wisdom like that. (laughs) Jared on the flip side. Yeah. Go (laughs) staff. Jared on the flip side. In your experience, what's been one of the best things, most memorable things a candidates done that has made them stand out for the right reasons?
1: At the moment, yeah. a lot of stuff that stands out is simple stuff, to be very honest with you. We're doing lots of interviews now, as I know lots of people are over over Zoom, um, and I feel like the human impact of what we're doing, or the human interaction of what we're doing in recruitment at the moment, is probably less than it was, and it, it, definitely less than it was before um, COVID started. So... Simple things like submitting an application and potentially calling for more information, so that a recruiter knows who you are, or actually sitting in an office or dressing appropriately for an interview. Mm-hmm. Steph and Steph, Steph two Stephs, Steph, both of you. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you've come across this, but a lot of the time now, I'm getting people with interviews with
2: yeah.
1: pets on their lap, or they're sitting in their mm-hmm. car, or like so for me, something as simple as preparing for an interview, dressing really well being in an environment where you can't be distracted is actually standing out at the moment Um, so I just think it's really important to do the simple stuff well you don't need to reinvent the wheel you don't need to be so out of the box as Steph said resumes that stand out especially for me are clear and concise not with heaps of colours and photos and Uh, all these different animations clear concise have on there what i need them to see what i need to see and And they're the ones that's there to
0: me promise my final question but and it's a rant of one but that's how my brain is today so we're going with it (laughs) and we've had conversations in the office about them and jared you might have been on leave when we were having these conversations but what do you guys think i think ai is kind of all everyone's talking about at the moment um and from a recruitment perspective, I think that there's going to be a lot of benefits um, in utilizing AI technology as it as it further develops. But I know Steph thinks she came across her first AI-written bio resume kind of bl- blog bl- not blog blurb—the other day, which was, to be fair, consistent across the person's resume and across the person's LinkedIn. But we were kind of talking about how we felt about that because it didn't sound like it was written by the person um so what do you think how do you think and this could probably be a whole podcast topic on its own so i'm just going to go for snapshots but what do you guys think in terms of people or candidates using ai to help them with their resume what are some of the things that you've seen that you think oh It's great, but make sure that you don't fall into trap X, Y, Z.
1: Well, I haven't seen one, so Steph, you're lucky. But um, I think it's a bit of a cheat code, to be honest. I I think if I was to see that and and it was someone had done that on their resume.
0: Sorry, you you wouldn't like it. I
1: I think that um, your resume, I I wouldn't like it. I, I would think that it was potentially and maybe this is me being a square and not knowing enough about AI, potentially a little bit lazy for someone who's looking for a job. Depending what that job is, I think doing a resume is something that you can use. However, that's me being um, probably rude because I know recruitment agencies will start using it to sort through candidates that come through as well. Um, So I probably can't have the best of both worlds. But um, look, if it's done well and it's up to a good standard and you're allowing it to be a true representation of yourself, then Potentially, I'd have no issue with it, but it might take you some time. I kind
0: of feel like I'm in the boat of, and it probably goes back to something you said before, where you, if you have the opportunity to to tailor your resume or your cover letter for the job that you're applying for, I think you certainly can use AI to your advantage if you're struggling to even get the words on the page. But I think you need to use that as a guide or as a starting point, and then, you know, chop and change it and put some of your own personal flair on it. What are your thoughts? For
2: sure, I think it's a I think it could be a really smart tool for the person who knows how to use it in the right way. Mm. I mean at the end of the day recruiters, you're, you want to get to know the person that you're talking to, that you're interviewing. Mm. You want to walk away, have a really good sense of who they are um, and you're obviously not going to get that from AI, you're not going to get that from chat GPT, you're not going to, you know, so mm. um. If you, if you're looking for the right words to use, I mean, like, I'm so guilty of using thesaurus on word one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> to bolster out the words I'm using for sure. Um, you know, so if you, if, you, you a, yeah, if you're just right everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you're looking for the right word, the right phrase, um, if you're looking for indus- industry-specific lingo, maybe it could be really helpful in those aspects. Um, or just to sound a little bit more professional, but mm. not at the expense of you sounding like yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it's – because at the end of the day, they're going to call you anyway and you're. if you do are lucky enough to get that interview, they want what they see on the paper mm. to match – Person that they're talking to, otherwise, the is going to walk away with more questions probably about, well, who actually is this person? Yeah. Um, and they're probably going to be, if they're having those questions, not inclined to put you forward to the client if they're unsure
0: of who, of who you are. It's kind of the old, and this is rude, but I think this is very true, when you're going for your first job and did mum or dad or your older siblings help you write your resume and maybe help you with a school project and you did really well and you got the job or you got an A on the project? But the teacher's thinking, hmm, did you actually do this yourself? I think the whole AI, I think that it's the same same thing goes. You need to put your personal, your own personal spin on it. Otherwise, as you as you say, Steph, they're not getting the same version of you in person that they got on the paper.
2: Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's on the other end as well. I, I'm not sure which tool it was on, but it's, I mean, it's coming into, you know, recruitment and HR as well, AI on our end. So mm. um, they were helping me, there was something that popped up. There was AI helping to format, you know, the messages that you're sending yeah. um, to candidates when you're headhunting and things like that. Like it's it's coming in on, on our end as well. Um, and it's going to be the same same situation for recruiters you have to use it um just as a tool you've you've got to still make a um an ad or a message that's going to speak to potential candidates and that's going to draw them in so it has to be humanistic you have to want to you know it has to be engaging and it's going to come from from the person more than probably ai
0: like AI will be able to pull down, you know, information about our client to help write a job ad from what's on the web, but Mm -hmm. AI is not privy to the conversations we get to have with our clients, which are the things that we are able to share that clients kind of give us the benefit of being able to have the conversation of. You know, this is what you will get as a benefit if you work with this client. So I agree with you, Steph. I think, again, we're going to have to get used to using it. But like everything, it still doesn't replace fully the human nature of what we do. And I think, as I think I've said in this podcast before, we work in HR and recruitment. We work in human resources. We work with people. We work with humans. So there's always mm-hmm. an element of having to have that connectivity with other people to truly understand their motivations whether that be clients or, or candidates i told
2: yeah, you it definitely. was an off
0: topic question so thank you for letting me indulge but i know it's something that we've come up come up again yeah. recently in the office so <laughs> it was worth it, it is exciting though <laughs> absolutely i think i think if you are scared of technology and you don't embrace it that's when you're you're putting yourself behind the eight ball so that you need to need to embrace it otherwise yeah you'll be left behind Sure.
1: I wonder why you waited to the <laughs> podcast Chris was it on to bring up technology. No stuff. comment.
0: I like my job. I'd like to keep it. No comment. <laughs> In saying that though. Stephen, well done. Chris is, should you know Watch her back. You've done a fantastic job. Jared, you are okay <laughs> was... like normal. <laughs> I know my no, Steph might well, be I'm coming not here from next spot. week, so now I'm scared. If we just replace one Steph with another guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for jumping on. For those of you listening, we appreciate it. And we will see you next Friday at 3pm on Talk Employment to Me by KLC. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Talk Employment to Me by KLC. Remember, the advice shared on the Talk Employment to Me podcast is general advice only. For specific advice, reach out to Stephanie, Chris and Jared or the whole KLC team. That's all for this episode. See you next Friday.